Welcome to the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together. My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast. I am your host, Cindy Gozanski. It is my privilege and pleasure to introduce you to Gabrielle Giuliano Villani. Gabrielle is a licensed clinical social worker, consultant, coach, entrepreneur, and educator based in Sarasota, Florida. She has been in the mental health field for over a decade, specializing in stress, chronic health conditions, and trauma. After realizing her own burnout in 2021, she sold her thriving group practice and made it her mission to educate others on the impact stress has on our everyday lives. Gabrielle draws on her expertise as an EMDR and polyvagal informed therapist to apply mind-body approaches, helping others integrate everyday strategies for stress management and living their best lives. Gabrielle is an international speaker, retreat leader, and has been featured in Authority Magazine, The Daily Ohm, Bustle, and The Everyday Woman TV Network. When she's not working, Gabrielle is teaching Zumba, surfing, or reading a psychological thriller at the beach. Welcome, Gabrielle. I'm so happy you're here. I am so happy to be here, Cindy. Thank you. You're welcome. We've known each other through the Facebook world, but haven't met in person. And yet we have so many friends in common. This is really exciting. I know. I just, you know, that's one of the cool things about social media, right? Like I just, I know you, even though I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were just talking before we started how much we both love the beach and being outdoors. Yes, for sure. And I'm so lucky to live near the beach now. Um, but yeah, we do have a lot in common and we have lots of mutual friends. So I'm really excited to be here and meet you. Yes, me too. And we're going to talk a lot about polyvagal theory today, which in some ways is is kind of a big deal because you would think, oh, we're all therapists or there's a lot of therapists listening to the show and we should all know about polyvagal theory, but we don't all know about it. So I think it's really important. It's a great topic. Before we get to that, I think I also am so curious how you will answer this question, which I ask of all my guests. What does being a heart-centered therapist mean to you? That is such a great question, but I also love how you use that phrase heart-centered. And I think to me, heart, being a heart-centered therapist means living your truth and being authentic with yourself and with your clients and being vulnerable about that, even when it might be difficult. So to me, when I think about heart-centered, I think of like getting out of my head and out of my ego and using my heart and my values to, you know, align with being authentically. That's what I think too. I love how you said that. <laughs> That's what I think too. It's leading with love when you're that authentic. Would you agree? Like that's part of that value that you really have to lead with. 
Absolutely. And I think that I love that you're talking about this too, because it's difficult. There is a lot of noise out there. That is one of the downsides of social media is like we see the shoulds and what this is this person is doing. And it's really easy to get caught up in that and get caught up in the comparisons. But um, that's actually been a really big part of my journey too, is just listening to myself and what is important to me and my values and making sure that I'm living in alignment with those and leading with those. Yes. And we'll talk about that because I think all of us want to live more in alignment, (laughs) but we have to understand ourselves first. And so that's a great segue into this concept of polyvagal theory, understanding ourselves, our nervous systems. And then eventually we're going to connect that to burnout because that's another huge issue that therapists, as well as others, especially in the healthcare fields deal with. Yes. So maybe just start with like the basics, because like I said before, I mean, I'm a therapist, but I don't really teach my clients about polyvagal theory. So give us some education, please. Yeah. I mean, you're not alone. (laughs) I was in the same situation. And actually when I first kind of started learning about it is when I took my EMDR training and just the way that it was explained to me in that time, it just, I don't know, wasn't sitting with me. I just didn't really understand. I was like, this is too sciencey. I'm a therapist, like it's over my head. <laughs> and so I kind of put it on the back burner until I started doing um, EMDR consultation with somebody who has become a very good friend and colleague. And the way she explained it to me just really resonated much more with me. And I was also seeing my own therapist who does a lot of nervous system work as well. And so to me, this just, it was like the light went on and I was like, okay, I get it. And that is because we all have a nervous system. And once I started understanding, you know, like why kind of I am the way that I am and really paying attention to my triggers and things that bring me joy, I was able to have more flexibility and understanding as to why I respond the way that I respond. And not just me, my clients too. And I, when I was seeing therapy clients, I educated every single one of them on this. And even now when I do coaching, I still talk a lot about polyvagal theory and nervous system work because it really is the foundation of our emotional responses. Wow. And so it has helped you understand yourself. And then you share that with your clients. And it sounds like it's it's really been, gosh, kind of life-changing for you, Gabrielle. It has been. like, And that is why I'm so passionate about it. And I love talking about it. And another mutual friend of ours, Andrea, she calls me the polyvagal princess. <laughs> Like I just love it. I will talk about it all day long. So and Andrea, if you're listening, Gabrielle is definitely the polyvagal princess today because she's walking some pink too. I got my Barbie pink on. (laughs) Yes, we we had Andrea on, um, Andrea Brugnano talking about social media and showing up authentically. So that's great. So let's dive in. We have a nervous system. I know there are three states and it's always so confusing to me. Um, Maybe you can like describe these states and what it looks like in each of them. Like 
we we've heard of fight fight or flight, but like let's go through it so that our listeners can understand it better in the way that you learned it. Yeah. So there are three stages that we go through in our autonomic or automatic nervous system is what we're talking about here. The vagus nerve is the biggest part of that, and it touches all of these different organs and parts of our brain, and it is responsible for doing things that happen automatically. So like our digestion, our metabolism, our heart rate, our breathing, all those things that happen that we don't have to think about constantly. Our nervous system also has something called neuroception. And this is, well, let me back up actually. So first of all, just talking about polyvagal theory, Dr. Stephen Porges is the one who figured all this out. He was doing research on newborn babies in the 70s and 80s, and he discovered these additional vagal pathways. We already knew the vagus nerve and what it does, but he talked more about how we respond to our environment. So that's what's happening here is our autonomic automatic nervous system also has something called neuroception, which is like our body's kind of internal alarm system. And so it is always scanning our environment for threats of safety or threats of danger and responding, you know, as it does to that. So I like to share that because if you or if you work with people who have experienced trauma, right? Sometimes we have that reaction where it's like, I don't understand why I'm freaking out about this. It seems so stupid. And that's the head, the ego, <laughs> trying to talk our way out of, right? What our body is feeling because that neuroception somewhere along the line right now is saying like, no, we felt this before and we're feeling unsafe. And this is how we're going to respond to keep us safe. So we have those three stages. The first one is our ventral vagal, and that is also called rest and digest or safe and connected. And this mm -hmm. is kind of like your baseline, I guess, is how I would think about this. So, you you know, you don't always need to be 100% zen and like calm, but this is where you're feeling grounded and connected and you can engage with your environment. And when you are in this place, this is like your safe place. It also means that there's a lot of things happening internally that are going well. So like your digestion is online, you can make um, eye contact with people around you and the prefrontal cortex of your brain is also online, which is important because that's where the executive functioning happens and where we make good decisions. But as life happens, right, like stress, whatever, more things, we kind of like go up the roller coaster as I like to say it, and you move into fight or flight. and like you said, Cindy, I think everybody kind of knows what that is and what that feels like. And that's when your sympathetic nervous system is activated to move away or move towards a threat. So either you get really angry or you have the anxiety. And when you're in that place, you're not just feeling those things, but there's things happening in your body too. So um, adrenaline and cortisol is being dumped into your bloodstream. Your heart rate is going to go up. I know for me, like my hands shake and my throat gets really dry. And when you have had enough and you are completely overwhelmed, you're kind of like pushed over the edge into your freeze response. And this is where 
burnout lives. And this mm. is the dorsal vagal part of your nervous system. This is total shutdown or collapse or immobility. This is literally your body preparing to die. I know that sounds dramatic, but that's what it is. And so that might look like feeling shame or being depressed or dissociated. And again, there's things happening internally to manage that for you. So like you're probably have a flat affect, you can't make eye contact. There's more endorphins actually to give you a higher pain threshold. And then you go right back around again. <laughs> that, that is such a great explanation and description for our listeners. Like that is so good. And even if we don't remember like the, the neuroscientific terms, like, yeah. control, control, you know, it, the way you describe it is what matters, like that we can use that and take that into practice. Um, and so I think it's, it's really interesting too. Like when you talk about that rest and digest, I've never heard that term before. I've heard of the safe and connected, but I never yeah. heard rest and digest. And so I was really curious and I started trying to understand it and, and research it a little bit more when you were talking about like, yeah, actually your digestion is better. Yeah. And, you know, you can make eye contact. And I read like, we could have more expressiveness in our face. Like this is the safety that that, um, stage and state can give you. And so thinking about that, you know, kind of like that, that full body, um, body mind effect is very yes. interesting. It's amazing. And if you actually look at a chart, you can see that the when you are in uh, rest and digest, that that part of your vagus nerve, it's very much in your face and your head and your eyes. And so you're like, and I know this for me, like my voice changes when I'm in fight or flight, when I'm anxious, my husband will even say, he'll be like, do you have anxiety right now? Cause your voice is different. <laughs> so my voice it will change. Your voice might change, but when you're not in that place, then yes, like the eye contact just can't happen because you're not feeling safe. So you are expressive and it's interesting because we always like, we hear that expression, like your eyes and your face, like that's the window to the world. And it really is. It really is. And, um, you know, that's, it's so true about our close others. They notice these tells we have with our voice or, you know, our fingers will be tapping or something like that. When we start going into anxiety or some other state. Is it is it accurate that we can have um, more effective or robust immunity also like in this rest and digest state? Yes, that is completely accurate as well. So you're, and that's important too, because, you know, we know that if you're stressed, right, your immune response is going to go down. And I have seen that in myself. I have seen that in clients and even from some of the health problems that I'm having now because of my own burnout, my doctor was like, this, this is why it's because you were in this place of like fight, flight and or freeze so often that you're having these autoimmune issues and these inflammation issues and this hormone imbalance because of all of that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's really important and and good for us to look at for ourselves. I know I've personally experienced things like that too, and and probably still am. I mean, it's it's no um, secret that I run a little burnt out often. <laughs> <laughs> and it is important. 
important to talk about because it happens a lot in our field and not just, you know, as therapists, but even before when I was working as like a caseworker in child protective services, like this is where a lot of that started. And it's for anybody, anybody who experiences this, like it's just important for us to truly know that how important like stress is if you have too much of it, what it can do to you. Because I think what happens is we just kind of get on autopilot. We're not really paying attention. And then, you know, before we know it, we're in a dark, shitty place. (laughs) Exactly. So Gabrielle, I think, you know, your description of of fight or flight and that mobilization and and that state is, is excellent. And a lot of us really understand what that looks like. When you started talking about freeze, shutdown, immobilization was so interesting, like this, the sense that in some ways we are shutting down as if we are dying. Um, the level, and then similarly, right, that level of increased pain tolerance as a way to also like have self-preservation in this state too. Um, I think that's new for us, both of these concepts. Most of us think of freeze like we're, oh you're just numb or you're just checked out mm-hmm. there's way more going on there is and i also think you know another important piece of all of this is sometimes when i'm explaining this people or even like past clients would say oh my god i'm like in freeze and it's like really bad and like how do i get back down and it's just about awareness so there's no like pressure to always be in like a calm state like that's not you can't do that. You know, life happens, stress happens. We're always in a state of flux. It's really just about building that awareness and knowing what works for you. And to me, that's true self-care. And so I know now after doing lots and lots of work on this and getting to have a better understanding of myself that like, if I'm in freeze, I don't need to try and force myself out of it. I know what I need there. I know that that is my body saying it's time to rest. I know that I need to say no. And that I actually kind of went through this yesterday because I had a big kind of social day with meetings. And I knew at the end of the day that I was going to be in that place where I didn't want to talk to anybody. And that's what I did. I sat on the couch. I watched Real Housewives of New York. I had my favorite jammies on and I was very happy. And I know that that is what I need to do when I have used up all my spoons and I've overdone it for the day. And there's nothing wrong with that. Ah, oh, right. That's so great. That's so great. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> a personal, but but great example, right? Like that's a way you can get out of out of freeze. Yeah, it's just about listening and and being aware. And I had a, a client to say something similar. This was a while ago, but she had also just done a lot of work again around like her own nervous system. And we were talking, and she was like. I'm like in freeze and all the things that I normally can do to get myself out of it, like aren't working. I can't meditate. I can't go for a walk. And it's like, that's, that's okay. It's not good or bad. It's just where you are right now and acknowledging that. Yeah, that's really helpful. You know, I wish I had known that um, there was a period in my life where I was like, so like, it was hard. I was sad. And now I go for a run. And usually if I went for a run, like that would always do it and I'd feel better. And I wouldn't, I would go for a run. And then sometimes I would even cry after that. Like, oh gosh, this is really personal. But 
you know, it's just like, what? Yeah. Realizing that there was something nervous system wise going on. And that is why I love this so much, because (laughs) once you realize that it really is life changing and it has been transformational for me and my own well-being. You have transformed a lot. You went through a period of burnout and I know you've, you've shared about that before and in so many other venues, Gabrielle, but how did you kind of get from the, you know, super successful like group practice and then you had burnout and then you ended up managing it and like coming to a much better place where you felt aligned. Can you like just share a little bit about that? Yeah, it was definitely a journey and a lot of uh, self-reflection and work on myself and my identity. But when the burnout started creeping in, which honestly was probably like mid 2020, I just kind of kept pushing through because I had this idea in my head about shoulds. This is what business owners should do. This is what successful people do, like just keep going. And I did keep going until um, I just couldn't anymore. And I just, I remember like I woke up one day and I was like, I don't want to live like this. Like I am angry most of the time. I am like just always worrying and stressed and I can't be compassionate to myself. I can't be compassionate to my staff or the people in my life because I just can't because I was in that place where I couldn't. I had to just make the conscious effort to change and that was also really hard and that took a long time too. So I kept, I even after I sold my practice, I was still kind of like in this burnout phase of like negativity and actually going on a retreat with Megan, another mutual friend of ours. <laughs> Megan Donald, she's yes. so amazing. She had a retreat for therapists in 2022 um, in Costa Rica. And that just really opened my eyes. Like it just, even though I didn't see it then, it, like things afterwards really helped me just think about like, what do I want my life to look like? And since then, which has been like a year and a half now, it's, it is a conscious effort every single day. And that could also be because I have ADHD, but I have to, I have to make a conscious effort. Like it doesn't come easy to me and it's, it's work, but I know that when I do the things that I need to do, I am in a much better place and I am living in alignment. And I think that's been really hard because I am somebody that is also, you know, struggled with people pleasing and what should I do and everybody else is doing this. So I should do it that way. And so I have to get really clear on me and my goals and my values. And I know that when I live in alignment with those things, I do my best work and I'm happy. Hmm. Oh, thank you for sharing that. You know, like, this is what is incredible. When I have a guest like you, who's not afraid to be so vulnerable and and share some of your intimate journey, because it's really going to help another listener out there. It's really going to help somebody else check in and say, yeah, maybe this isn't working for me. Maybe I have a little bit too much people pleasing and I would like to know what I want to do for a change, but I'm scared. 
And that's so normal when we can hear somebody else who's been through the same thing. Like it feels so um, encouraging. Well, thank you. Cause I always am a little, <laughs> I always get a little nervous when I am like super vulnerable about that. But that is why I do it is because I wish that I could have heard somebody say that when I was in that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it touches me so much to hear you say oh. that. And, and I know it will for so many other people out there, because this is like you said, real life. And it's a practice to be able to understand ourselves, checking with ourselves, and then intentionally create that kind of life where we have that alignment. And it takes getting vulnerable and honest and like sometimes going out of your comfort zone or going, you know, to a retreat or something else. It doesn't have to be a retreat, but that that definitely opens up things for you. It does. And it was very uncomfortable. And I think just very outside of like my normal way of living. And I know for some people, they might be like, well, duh, I, I do that anyway. <laughs> and that's great. And I'm very happy for you that it comes so easy because it is not as easy for me. <laughs> yeah. This is what I love though. Like you're so real, you know, well, <laughs> it does, it doesn't come easy for so many of us. And, you know, when we share that, right, like people would say, oh, well, what do you mean? You're super successful, Gabrielle. And you, you know, what do you mean? It's hard to like talk to people all day. Nobody would ever believe that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it is, <laughs> yeah. but that's why there are many paths to healing and to success. And what I think is success now is not what I thought success was like five years ago. And that's okay too. Like those things can change. Your values can change. Your identity, your life can change and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm so fascinated. What you imagine success five years ago is different than how you see success now. I'd love to know, like, what do you see success as now? So now to me, success is waking up every day and living how I want to live and doing that in line with my values and having the freedom to do that. So to make my own schedule, to work in a way that again, feels aligned with what I want to do and being able to also do that from anywhere in the world because i love traveling and so that is also a really big thing for me is i want freedom and i want to be able to work flexibly and again just in a way that i can do it for myself so to me that is success that i have a job that works how i want it to work and where i am not like bending over backwards and being stressed out all the time which not that I thought that that was success in the past, but I thought like I always tied success to money and I don't tie it to that anymore. I was going to say, right. That wasn't primary in your definition. It's not now like, yes, do I need it and want it? Sure. <laughs> we, we all need it, but I don't, I don't say yes to things that don't feel good to me. And before I probably would, because I was also, I think really in a place of like scarcity where I was always afraid of like, where is the next client coming from? What happens if one of my staff quits? Like I always had this worrying and I now work from a place of flow and abundance. 
Beautiful. And and that seems really aligned with the rest and digest kind of state that we can, we trust, we trust that there's, you know, a good reason we're here and that we'll be provided for in some way. Which is hard. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it can be difficult, but that is totally, uh, that's absolutely right. Like being in that place of rest and digest and safe and connected is trusting. And so really, yes, of course you need money to travel and to survive, but the the notion of lifestyle and aligning that so that it goes to your values really is a part of your new definition of success and you're glowing. It, it's, Yay! it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, so Gabrielle, I'd love to shift a little bit and you kind of started touching on this in when you were describing your burnout journey and you were feeling stressed, irritable, moody, not wanting to talk to people. Those seem to me signs of probably being in the fight or flight response as a therapist, as a group practice owner, would that be correct? I think those were the fight or flight pieces. I think when I really moved into true burnout, the apathy was like my number one red flag of being in freeze and being burnt out. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So what's so interesting is relating polyvagal theory to our work as therapists, whether we're in solo or group practice. And you're kind of describing these different stages and how it impacts us as therapists. And I think that's a pretty important way to look at our lives since, like you said, we all have a nervous system. We all do. And we're all responding to our clients and to our staff and to our family. But I think I I just really like to think about that as therapists, right? And like the the client relationship there, because we know that we have clients that trigger us. And I have triggered some of my clients too. I know that. And that was a hard lesson and thing to go through, but it happens. And you know that when you're not in your window of tolerance, which is your rest and digest, when you pop out of that box, you can't make good decisions. You can't relate to people. You can't connect. And so that is why this is so important is because if you can't relate and connect to your client, you need to know that. And it's not a shame thing. It's a like, I know that I'm here and I need a second or maybe this isn't a good day to see clients or whatever it is. Yeah. So needed to reduce our shame because we carry a lot of it. We carry a lot of it. We think we should be able to be a hundred percent all of the time or, you know, show up in this, this way that meets our expectations and to know that our responses are adaptive. They're part of our nervous system. They're appropriate. That really helps take away some of the shame. It really does. And there is a lot of shame and judgment and expectations in our field and that we put on ourselves too, because we do have a very important and vulnerable job that we do, but we're also human. And so I think that, again, this is just why it like ties it all together for me. Like I know that my body is just simply responding and that takes away some of the shame of it for me is that it is just a response that I'm having. And 
gets me out of my head a little bit. How does our intuition, because I know we use that a lot as therapists, how does our intuition get affected by our nervous system? I love this question so much (laughs) as somebody who, yeah, that's a different podcast episode. But what I will say about this is you, you can't be intuitive and you can't use your intuition when you are in fight or flight or freeze because those places are trying to protect you. That is what it is all about. It is survival mode. And so when you're in that place, again, you're not grounded and you are not connected and you're not in like those deeper, I guess, even I would think if we wanted to go deeper, like even thinking about brain waves, like you are, you're not using that part of your brain. So when you are in rest and digest, you're more connected to your body, you're present, you're in the here and now, and you can be more rational than you can be if you are in fight, flight, or freeze, because literally that you're using your amygdala basically. And so you can't be connected to your intuition, even though maybe you think you are, you feel like you are, (laughs) but you're not. (laughs) That is really powerful. And So the way we use our intuition, right? Like there is that need for us to be really connected, connected to ourselves and then connected to something bigger, might be spiritual. It might be just with the other person or, you know, you can just keep expanding this outward. And that connection is what happens in, don't remember the name of it. (laughs) What's the fancy name for that? It's your ventral vagal, but rest and digest is fine. (laughs) Yeah, not, not fancy, but so that's really powerful. And, you know, it would make me curious too. I know you're going to talk about this of the various ways that we can bring our bodies back there, bring our, bring our systems back there. It's not just our body, it's our mind, our system, our soul. I mean, that notion of soul care, right? That's got to ventral vagal space and, you know, whether it's through a spiritual practice or meditation or movement, we've been touching on all of these things, but we haven't gotten specific. So this might be a great time to like, tell us some of your go-tos for, regulating. I have so many. And I think my favorite and easiest way is breathing. So the breath is the fastest way to stimulate your vagus nerve. And it's because it goes directly behind your diaphragm. And we also tend to breathe very shallowly into our chest and we don't take a lot of deep breaths throughout the day. And that's something you don't need special training, right? You can simply just take a nice deep breath and it could just be one because when you do that, it's touching your vagus nerve. It's telling your system that you're safe. And I know that when you are in fight or flight or freeze, that might be difficult to access. And that is why it's important to have a mindfulness routine or something that works for you that you practice all the time. Because the more you do that, the bigger your strength or your stress response is going to be. It's going to be strengthened. So it's going to be harder to get into fight or flight. And when you're there, you probably won't be there as long and you'll be able to access more of like these coping skills for you. 
So the breath is one. Um, but again, everybody is a little bit different. Something that I do with clients is nervous system mapping, where we go through each area of your nervous system and we talk about triggers and glimmers, which are like good things. And so I would encourage you to think about that. Like, what makes you feel good if you love if you love the beach like we do when i lived in colorado and it would been snowing for six months <laughs> and i was freezing my ass off i had a picture of my favorite beach on my desk and as the background on my phone and i would just look at that that's all it really takes is that simple thing to like be a little reset when you're feeling stressed or anxious so those are a couple of ways you know, we definitely think a lot about mindfulness, of course, and whatever that looks like for you. So you don't need to, I enjoy meditating, but I know that's not for everybody. So if you like running or if you like going for a walk, or if you like to pet your dog or laugh and listening to something funny or smell um, your favorite candle, like just make sure that you're doing a little bit of those things throughout your day those are really small things. And then I just personally like have some bigger routines that really help me. Like I, I've talked about this before too. I sit outside every morning and I have my coffee and I get sun and I listen to the birds and morning sunlight is really important for a lot of different things. Um, but that is like, that's one of my biggest things actually is that morning sunlight that makes Make sure that I have a good day. And even if it's a little cloudy, I'll still go outside. And I know that's not possible for everybody because I just happen to live in Florida, but that's why we have Hatch, is that what it's called? <laughs> and like the other things that are like artificial sunlight that can work too. But find a routine that works for you that doesn't feel overwhelming. Yes, that's that's really important. I love the, the sunlight too, and that's huge for me. Well, sunshine and coffee. <laughs> yes, <laughs> essentials. <laughs> you know, as I was researching the polyvagal a little bit, I didn't realize things like laughing and singing actually like really touch the, the vagus nerve. Yes, yeah. they do. Humming. So like those are other ways, but yeah, like you, those, and those are so easy and accessible too. Like you could be sitting in your car and singing along to your favorite song, like music and sound is really powerful as well. So those are like some actual things to stimulate your vagus nerve. There's more, you could do tapping on your chest. Um, Cause again, your nerve goes right there. That's an easy way to stimulate it. It's like your breastbone, I guess I would say. Some people can't see. <laughs> Right. If people are in, into tapping, like with the chakras or something. Yes, like. you can do that. And then there's also things like boundaries. Mm -hmm. That's a huge way that we protect ourselves, right? And that is also work. But I know that there are things that I can't or don't want to do because they are not in alignment with me. And that is another way that I help myself stay healthy. Right, right. And even as you say, thinking about like trying to get out of that fight or flight, what do we do, right? What we're we're in that self-preservation mode, right? And you're you're feeling trapped. And so what do you need to do then? Right. You need to express yourself. You need to be assertive, you, which could be using the boundaries. It could also mean if you were trapped and, and couldn't move, maybe you need to have bigger gestures or do some, you know, do something 
motion wise, you know, I think about like even you teaching Zumba, that must, yeah. must feel very freeing. And what a great practice that you do um, and help others do too, like to have this kind of like movement recipe in their day. Movement is huge. I mean, again, we like think of, we always think that there's like this big breakthrough or whatever, and it's really just all the small things that make the big differences. And so movement is one of them. And again, that just needs to be whatever works for you. If you don't like dancing, then don't come to my Zumba class. <laughs> if you just get up from your desk in between clients and simply stretch or walk around the room, take a nice little reset, go outside if you can, like just whatever you need to do, but moving your body is so important, especially if you're in fight or flight. I always find that really helpful to kind of like discharge energy to like shake or something. And the other thing that's really important is the power of connecting. So relationships, you heal in safe relationships. So have people who are your people, your safe people that you need to go to, to vent to, or that you just feel safe with and that you can connect with because this work can be very isolating. Yes, right. That is, is huge. And you shared a little bit about that power of connecting like when you went to that retreat in Costa Rica um, that that sounded like those connections really were healing for you they were and that is why one of the reasons why I love retreats so much is all the people that I went to went on that retreat with I still talk to and some of them have become my closest best friends like Andrea and Megan and Kim and there's so many people that I met there that I continue to talk to all the time. And those really have become like my business besties, my safe people. I talk to Andrea every day. <laughs> so, um, and so you need that. You need to co-regulate with other people. Even though I am really introverted, it doesn't matter how introverted you are. We need to connect with other human beings. We're wired to connect. Yes. That's so important. I was I was thinking about that this morning um, because it is hard if you do tend to be more introverted to find that energy to yes. connect in those deep ways. And then sometimes we think, oh, well, we're connecting, you know, we see our clients or we see our family members or whatever, but it may not be as as deep of a connection as one really needs. Yes. And it can be hard when you're introverted too. Like I struggle with that also, especially when I was doing therapy because I had done so much output throughout the day that it was hard to do it, you know, after work hours. But again, it's just about finding ways that work for you. Like some of my friends know that if it's like a quiet time, then yeah, they might come over and hang out with me, but we'll just be sitting on the couch watching a movie together and not talking. <laughs> I love that. And how cool that you met your friend Andrea on a retreat. And now she's like a best friend that you talk to every day. Like this is the power of retreats. So you've got to share with my listeners about your upcoming beyond burnout retreat. And that is exactly why I started it. 
or put it out there is because of the way that retreats really are transformative. And we think like, am I really going to change my life in five or six days? Yes, you are. Because you are kind of plucked from your normal everyday life and you are put into a place with beauty and nature and calmness with safe people. And that is one of the ways that we heal burnout. So my retreat is in January 2024. It's in Belize at a place that I have stayed at before, and it is stunning. The toucans come every morning and eat fruit with you while you're having breakfast, and you'll hear howler monkeys, and it's just stunning. It's right on the McCall River. The infinity pool there overlooks the river. We'll be doing, I'm also a sound healer, so we'll be doing lots of sound healing. I have special meditations for us to clear and restore energy. We'll be doing more work on polyvagal theory and understanding our nervous systems. Um, and we'll all be there together eating yummy food and watching beautiful sunsets. Sounds amazing. I cannot wait. I've, I've only stopped over at Belize, but it was so cool. And the people are so warm and welcoming. Just amazing culture of people. And that's that's really cool. Yeah, that just adds another beautiful layer to it because Belizeans are very warm and friendly and they're very outgoing and they love to talk and they love to help. Yeah, the staff there, like, and anywhere really, even at the airport, it's like, you don't expect that at the airport, but even immigration is super kind and welcoming to you. <laughs> Something so special, amazing. We don't all know what sound healing is, Gabrielle. <laughs> sound healing is the, it's also sometimes called vibrational medicine. And we use instruments, all different kinds, to, and vibrations um, to clear stuck energy, to restore energy. You can even heal physical ailments with it. And really the best part about it is that it's another way to stimulate your vagus nerve and you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is lay there and listen to the sound that I'll be playing for you. Sounds so beautiful. You have an amazing Instagram where you share some of your sound healing programs with people like or even just sessions right yes i try and do those mm, a couple times a month and i just do sound baths on my instagram on live i have crystal bowls tibetan bowls drums and chimes that i use most of the time and i usually have a theme like venus is in retrograde right now so we did something for that yesterday sometimes i'll do it around a full moon or a new moon and then if you wanted to do a one-on-one -on -one session with me they're just as effective over zoom and we can you know focus on specific needs that you have Oh, amazing. We will link to all of this for sure in the show notes so that you can contact Gabrielle and check out the sound baths and reach out to her. Yay, thank you. Well, I want to ask you a couple questions as we kind of wrap up here. I mean, you are such a unique therapist, having built and sold a group practice, very young, and yet you're still like talking about polyvagal theory and clearly in the therapist world as an entrepreneur, if you could go back and tell yourself anything when you were just starting out as a therapist, what would it be? 
this is going to sound really cheesy, but it is to believe in myself. I think that is the thing that I struggled with the most was imposter syndrome. And I know I talked about this throughout this episode too, but like the shoulds and the comparison. And if I would have just believed in myself and known, and I believe this now, that you really can have your dream life, you can have anything you want. And I had such a hard time seeing that then. I feel like I would have had less struggles, but I'm grateful for them because they brought me here. But we are all unique and different, and you really can have anything if you dream it. So powerful. What a great message. Everybody can just take that in, right? That we do need to believe in ourselves, have those dreams and go after them. So with your dreams, what are you celebrating and excited about for the future? I am celebrating and excited about helping more people thrive in their practices, whatever that looks like, and understanding more about the business side of owning a practice. And I think most importantly is doing more retreats because I really feel like that's where the the transformations happen. So exciting. So exciting. That's great. Well, I know people will love to get in touch with you. Um, Before we share your contact information, I just, I really want to thank you, Gabrielle, for taking time out of your busy schedule for showing up for my listeners so, so vulnerably and bravely and intimately really helping us see through you what the possibilities are. Um, for living according to our values, for being more aligned, for getting more into the rest and digest state so that we can be expressive and connect with others and, you know, just be healthier and more informed about our nervous system. So this is a really huge gift that you shared with us. Thank you so much. Thank you again for having me. This was a great conversation. Yes, so great. So you have a bunch of places where people can find you and I want to take some time. It's going to be in the show notes, but I really hope everybody listens now. Tell us, spell out all of the places where people can find you. I have a pretty unique name, so I'm kind of easy to find (laughs) on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn. It's Gabrielle Giuliano Villani, and that's my main website, GabrielleGiulianoVillani.com. On Instagram, I'm at GJV Consulting. And if you are thinking about taking Medicare in your practice or need help with Medicare, it's another area that I specialize in. And I uh, have a website for that too, MedicareConsultingForTherapists.com. That's fabulous. And so you offer coaching, consultation, as well as the retreats. Like there are ways that people can work with you one-to-one. Is that, is that right? Yep. So there are lots of different ways to work with me from buying my note template on Etsy to coming on a retreat with me. <laughs> so <laughs> and everything in between. I do coaching, consulting, training, speaking engagements, all on burnout prevention, polyvagal theory, how to scale and sell your practice without burning out. That's awesome. So great. Okay. Well, everyone, please check out Gabrielle Giuliano Volani and It's been such a pleasure having you here. Thank you again so much. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.